Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I hope that you are enjoying these sermons, and I do hope that you will join us for this one. It's the second in a series on God's love and how to use it. I hope that it can be of some help. Let's go ahead and join in and begin now. Boundless love, boundless love. We continue speaking about love, looking at the topic of God's love together. Uh, this morning, this is the second, uh, second ser- sermon in this series on the love of God. Love, God's uh, most important attribute, attribute uh, and of his important, most important attribute of himself and of his people. Uh, so this morning, what does the love of God look like in the life of one of his children? Uh, There are people in our community, people in our world that are looking to see what difference the love of God makes in the life of one who claims they believe in Him. Uh, We live in this nation, uh, that's not news to you, I guess you know that, you live in a nation that we call America, Uh, but you live in this nation where people are wondering They're watching people who say they believe in God and they're watching and seeing behavior that somehow does not reflect the love that they say they have in their hearts. And so you and I have a great responsibility to show the love of God to others in this world. We have a great responsibility. And I want you to look at yourself and at your neighbor, and I want you to grasp the reality of this this morning. I want you to look at your neighbor and think, Oh my, it's just us. Now, it's a state of perspective for us, but I want you to, I want you to realize that this is it. I want, you, I want us to think as if the whole world depended on us to know about the love of God. First Baptist Church, Winsboro. We're the ones to share the love of God with others. Is this world going to hear? Is this world going to experience the love of God? It's up to us. What if it were just up to us right here? I want us to think in that way this morning. If you could see God's love in action in a person, what would it look like? We only have to go to the Word of God to find out. Today, I want us to look at His love and see how we can learn to apply it to our everyday lives. And it just may not be as simple and as easy as you might think. If you are able and willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and just the first portion of that. Bible tells us, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. May God bless the reading of His Word upon your heart and mine. You may be seated. I know you're thinking, oh my, wow, we're going to get out real early today. (laughs) Keep thinking that. All right. The first thing we see in that verse, in verse 4, is love is 
patient. Love is patient. Before we look at the first description of this that is written here, we need to know that this love, this love that we're talking about, is the love that we received when we asked Christ into our heart. Okay, When you made that decision to have Jesus in your heart, God placed His love inside of your heart. We're not born with the love of God inside of us. We, on our own, do not have the, the ability to honestly act out of the description of love that we find in this passage. We may think we do. We may look at that and say, well, well I can be patient. Ooh. Had to have your license renewed lately, have you? Huh? Okay, just saying. Uh, wow, I can be patient. Yeah, I can be. Oh, I can be kind. Had somebody cut you off on the highway lately? Ooh. Uh, I, I, it says love is not jealous. I, oh, I'm not. I, you know, I noticed that the Smiths over there got a brand new vehicle, but <clears throat> I guess I guess they can do that. But you know, wow. We look at this, we think about this. Look, this kind of love that's described here in this passage comes from God. We cannot manufacture it. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, when we ask Christ into our heart, the love of God comes in as well. In fact, the Bible tells us it's poured in. I like that. I like that. It's not just just kind of trickled in. It doesn't drip in. God's love doesn't drip into our hearts. It is poured poured in when the Holy Spirit comes inside of our hearts. When we ask Christ into our heart, when we say, Dear God, I want Jesus in my heart. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want you to be in charge of my life. When we make that decision, His Holy Spirit comes to live inside of our heart. And He comes inside to direct us, to show us how we need to live, to show us what we need to do, what we need not to do. But also the love of God, the love that is God's, is poured into our hearts. So, wow, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's there. It means that that love is in our hearts. It's not, oh, well, I just, no, brother, pastor, preacher, man, I just got a little bit of it. And I really can't, you know, if I use it up, well, I don't have enough for the rest of the people that I encounter. So I just, I, I only got a little, no, you didn't. You, it was poured into your heart. Now, why, why do I say it was poured into your heart? Where, do, where in the world Does the preacher get the idea that it was poured in? Did he come up with it himself? No. No, I did not. In Romans 5, 5, the Bible says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This preacher tries his hardest Not to come up with something to share with you, but to read the Word of God and realize, oh my goodness, this is what I have got to share with you. And so what I share comes from the Word of God. I'm not going to make stuff up. That's ridiculous. You don't need something made up for you. You need to know what the Word of God says. I need to know what does the Word of God say. What does it say to me? What does it say to us? So let's look at the first description of love in verse 4. It says, love is patient. The word used for patient in the Greek language in this passage means, listen to this, 
to bear up under provocation without complaint. To bear up under provocation without complaint. Wow, okay, well, it sounds good. Preacher, I'd like to claim I know exactly what you mean when you said that. I'll claim I know what you meant. Let's look at the word provocation. Is an action or speech that makes someone annoyed or angry, especially if it's done deliberately. So to bear up under provocation, under action or speech that makes someone annoyed or angry, especially if it's done deliberately, without complaint. So now do you see what I was saying? Oh, love is patient. I can be patient preacher. I can do that. No, it is the love of God, only the love of God, that allows you, helps you, enables you to be able to bear up under something like that. Without complaint? Ooh. I shouldn't let you in on this because you're going to use it against me. When I was in fifth grade, I had an English teacher. Loved her to death. Laura Lee Miles. Oops. Uh, Laura Spearman was her name. <laughs> I looked up her name. I, I, I love that lady. She was a wonderful teacher. Wonderful teacher of English. But one day she called me C.C., and I said, C.C., what is that? She said, chronic complainer. I said, and I know my wife's shocked. She would just, she can't believe that. I, just, I, I thought, my goodness, what? Chronic complainer of all things. Look, it, just think about this. To bear up under provocation without complaint. Look, you can do it if the love of God is in your heart. You are enabled, you are empowered to... Bear up under this without complaining. Wow, really? Yes, really. Listen, God's power is the power. It's the most powerful. I mean, God. this is God's power, God's love we're talking about. This is not something that you and I have to manufacture and try really hard to do. We just have to allow God to flow through us. We have to allow God to hold our tongue, God to restrain us. So what is the Bible saying? It's saying that the love of God has given you the ability to overcome the desire you may have to strike back at someone who has annoyed or angered you. God has given you the power to not strike back. Wow. This, this being patient stuff. Now, wow, this is getting... I liked it when I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> that was a lot easier. Preacher, come on. Goodness. This is saying that we have that power to overcome. Right there, it seems, it seems very obvious. This is not something that comes naturally for us. For all who think or thought that living the Christian life is easy, wake up and see that living the life, the Christian life, is a life of total dependence on God. I mean, it's total dependence I know you and I, we think we're getting away with stuff. We think we can figure things out on our own and we just kind of do our little thing here and do a little thing here. And then, oh, and we may even get holy about it and say, oh, dear God, bless that. (laughs) Bless what I did. May it be used for you. And we never consulted him on it. We never asked, dear God, should I do this? Dear God, is this the right thing? We just did it and said, oh, God, bless it. Goodness, we're talking about total dependency on God. Allowing Him to work through us. 
It is a life of leaning on Him for everything. Everything. Period. Boom. Honestly, it is very hard not to go into attack mode when someone is annoying us. It, it, it's, it's difficult. But it's possible to not attack. It's possible to not respond and attack that person. You and I need to know that it's possible. It is possible to refrain. It is possible to be patient. I want you to know you have freedom in that area. You have the freedom. If you have been, listen, if you have asked Christ into your heart, you have the freedom to say, you know what? I'm not striking back here. You have that freedom. You're not locked into having to respond and to attack that person. You're not locked into that. Oh, no. In Christ, there's great freedom. In Christ, you can say, you know what? I don't have to respond to that. Huh. I'm not going to respond to that. That's not good behavior on my part or on their part. But, you know, I don't have to respond. I don't have to attack them. Oh, no, I'm, I'm bigger than that. I can, I can be bigger than that. In Christ, you're set free to do the right thing. No longer are you restricted to act out only on your emotions. With Christ, you can be patient with people, even the ones who annoy you. Wow. Ouch. Now you know that. Oops. Now you have that in your head. You know that you know this. You're responsible for what you know. The choice is available to you. The strength to make that choice is also available to you through the love of God that He placed inside of you. You have the ability. Oh, Brother Craig, you just don't know. I've got this person, oh, at work, and they just drive me nuts, and they blah, 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 and, I, and they attack me, and I attack them right back. I just, you've got to put some people in their place, Brother Craig. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, somehow love is patient has got to work into our lives. Somehow we've got to learn how to use and allow God to use us, but allow ourselves to click over and click yes to the love of God in our lives. Somehow we've got to allow Him to shine. If you have Christ in your heart, patient love is available to you. Patient love is available to you if you're in Christ. It's there. It's available. It's available. And guess what? It's not running out either. You're not going to run out because God's love is never ending. Well, the second thing, love is kind. Love is kind. This next description of love that, that God's given us here, the Bible says it, it is kind. Well, now that sounds like a good little preschool teaching there. I think we all know what kind is. Uh, maybe we just need to move on. Uh, but wait, let's not be in too much of a hurry. Let's define what kind means so we are all on the same page. The word used here translated as kind for those of us native English speakers means to be kind, loving, merciful. Kind, loving, and merciful. I was always taught never to define a word by a word, but when I looked it up, that's what it said. I thought, well, now that's really odd. (laughs) To be kind means to be kind. Well... But it means to be loving, merciful. This aspect of the love of God gives us or gives one the ability to react with goodness towards ill treatment. To react with goodness. Let me refer you back to the story of Jennifer uh, Dobson and, uh, and I when I was in high school. 
You remember, she was the one who who entered the dreaded math class and before passing by my desk would look at me and call me a nerd. First time it occurred, I raised an eyebrow. I thought, oh, okay. Uh, Second time it occurred, I, I raised both eyebrows. I thought, wow, okay, nerd. That's what she did. She looked straight at me and she said, nerd. That's all she said, and that was it. And I thought, what is her deal? What is wrong with Jennifer, whom I did not really know, and she didn't know me either, but it was rather odd. Uh, And so the third time it occurred, I just said in a very cheerful voice, how are you doing, Jennifer? And she just went to her desk. Instead of taking it personally or second and third guessing as to how or why she said what she said, I simply decided to be kind. I thought, well, I don't know what else to do here. I don't know what to do. This led me to an interaction one day with her when she finally asked me why I was being so nice to her. And she said it in a Why are you being so nice to me? I thought, wow. And all I had the nerve to say at that moment, all I could come up with to say, all I could muster was, well, why not? What I really wish I could go back and say was because God loves you, Jennifer. I wish I could go back. I wish I could turn back time and say, because God loves you. That's why. But all I could muster was, why not? Why not? Remember what kind of love this is. This this is agape love. This is the type of love that chooses to continue selflessly loving someone even when they make it difficult. Think about that. If this agape love were not the kind of love that God had toward us, then He could have easily chosen to stop loving us the very first time we upset Him. He could decide right away, well, now, my goodness, I, was lo- I loved you until you did that. I loved you until you said that. But now, I don't know, what if God were like that? What if He just took us and and just watched us and and just according to what we did, decided that day on how much, just if He loved us or not? I mean, goodness, what a scary way to live in front of a loving God. What a scary way to have to live, thinking, well, did I mess up? Does He not love me now? He has chosen to love us even though we make it highly difficult at times. He has chosen to love us anyway. With the love of God in our heart, it is amazing how He has equipped us to handle life. I could have truly allowed Jennifer to annoy me and begin to feel as if I really didn't have much worth in this world. Because you realize that's high school. There's a lot of emotions and uh, things happening there and... One person can just ruin your day and make it horrible. But I knew that I did matter because Jesus died for me. I knew that I mattered. I knew I had worth because of what God did for me. With that in my mind and His love in my heart, I could handle someone who daily shot me down to my face. I could just say, you know what? How you doing? (laughs) It's possible to do this. 
One of the most wonderful facts about God's love is that it is available to us at all times. It's available to us at all times. No, it, it's not, you know, it, when you need it the most, oh, it's after 5 o'clock, God's love's not available, wait till tomorrow. No, it's always available to us. We always have it there if we will use it, if we will allow God to work through us. At any time, day or night, we can allow His love to be used through us and we can handle people with kindness. We can do it. There's no excuse. There's really no excuse. But, 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 no, there's no excuse. But preacher, you don't know. There's no excuse. It's there. We can be kind. I'm not saying we do not have to be firm, but we can be kind. And we must be kind. If you have, the, if you have Christ in your heart, kind love is available to you. Kind love is available to you. The last thing, it says love is not jealous. The last description here, Paul says love is not jealous. Well, that seems out of the ordinary. The natural base human reaction to one who has great success is to be jealous. But Paul tells us that the love of God, that love which has been poured into us by way of the Holy Spirit, is not jealous. Hmm. God's love is a love that is not displeased at the success of others. Why, why is envy or jealousy so bad? Why is it so bad? There are many roads to hate, but envy is one of the shortest of them all. Whoa, really? Whoa, yes. I ran across this from Eva McAllister, and I think it certainly makes the point about jealousy or envy. It's entitled, Envy Went to Church. Envy went to church this morning. Being legion, he sat in every other pew Envy fingered wool and silk fabrics, hung price tags on suits and neckties. Envy paced through the parking lot, scrutinizing chrome and paint. Envy marched to the chancel with the choir during the processional. Envy prodded plain Jane wives and brought wives married uh, to milk-toast dullards and kind men married to knife-tongued shrews. Envy thumped at widows and widowers, jabbed and kicked college girls without escorts, lighted invisible fires against khaki jackets. Envy conferred often this morning with all his brothers. He liked his Sunday score today, but not enough. Some of his intended clients had slipped an antidote marked grace and wore a fragrant flower named love. If you have Christ in your heart, patient love is available to you. Kind love is available to you. Non-jealous love is available to you. Use that love. Allow it to flow through your life. Oh, just looking at this verse, we run through it it so quickly. 
Many times we read this verse so quickly, we don't even break it down like this. We just say, love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous, love does not brag, it's not arrogant. And, and we continue, does not act unbecomingly. And we just say, there, 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 that is. But when we look at it, we realize this is the love of God that He's placed in our hearts. This is not something we can come up with on our own and that we can do. We have to allow God to do it through us. It's God's love in us. Think about what we've talked about this morning as you go through this week. Patient love is available to you. It's available. It's right there. Kind love. Non-jealous love. It's right there. For the taking. It's inside of us. And with the knowledge that we know, I mean, with that knowledge... That His love is inside of us. We now must act on that. We must go forth from this place. Share with the world God's love. They will respond differently. Because God's love is so different from that of this world. They will notice And they will wonder, and if you keep it up, they might even ask, what's going on? Why didn't you get all upset? Why didn't you strike back? Why weren't you unkind toward that person who was unkind toward you? That's the natural reaction. That's what we do. But it's not what God wants. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We ask your blessings upon this time that we've had this morning. And Father, as we continue looking at your love and how it is used in our lives, God, continue to use your Holy Spirit to hold us back, to point us in the right direction. Father, help us to be more attentive to you and your voice in our life. Please help us. Lord, we do want to show others your love. We want others to know that you care. We want others to know that a difference has been made in our lives. And that we're not like everyone else in this world. We're different. There might be someone here this morning that is thinking, you know what, I, I, I hear you. I hear you, Brother Craig. You're talking about this love. I don't know that I have that love in my heart. Maybe you want to come and say, look, I, I want this love. I, I need Jesus in my heart. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want Him in control of my life. Maybe you need to make that decision today. Just a few moments, we're going to sing a hymn, and I want you to come. I want you to come and say, look, I need this Jesus. I want this Jesus. If that's what you need to do, if that is what God is doing in your life and in your heart, and you need to do that, I pray you would do it today. Do not put it off. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're thinking, wow, I could step up this, this, in this area of love. I, this is something I really need to work on. Would you talk to the Lord? Would you ask Him to help? He wants to help. He wants you to be a model of love for the world.
He wants you to be that bright, shining light of His love. Would you, would you be willing to allow Him to do that in your heart and in your life? Dear Father, we thank You for Your great love that You shared. Just the declaration and just proclamation and example and display of Your love that was, on, that, that was at that cross at Calvary. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us and listening in on the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. We want you to know that you matter to God. You also matter to us. You matter so much that God sent His Son to die for you. May the Lord bless you this day. Until we meet again.